Hi there, this is Jen Lawrence, and you're listening to The Workplace Edit, a podcast for people development professionals, HR executives, and business owners who want to make work a better place to be. On this podcast, we talk about ways to address the talent gap, tackle reluctance to return to the office, deal with employee retention, burnout, discrimination, and other workplace issues, all with a trauma-informed lens. Welcome. Hey there, it's Jen. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Workplace Edit. Today, I wanted to talk about the idea of the window of tolerance, which is something that HR folk and business leaders can use to help their employees resource themselves during times of stress and trauma. And I think that, you know, in this 2023 world, a lot of our employees are in a traumatized state. You know, the reality is we've gone through a bumpy few years between um, recognition of a lot of injustices out there, a global pandemic, now they're talking recession. You know, these are this is a lot for people to deal with. And so there is a sort of collective trauma at place. And as well, people have, you know, all of the, the things going on in their lives. You know, parents have been having problems getting access to like, Um, medicine to bring their kids fevers down and hospitals have been full. And so for those who are, you know, looking after older parents or looking after kids or, you know, just trying to keep themselves safe, this is a fairly traumatizing time. And, and as much as businesses like to believe that, you know, people are their professional selves at work, um, that's really just a myth. You know, people are people. And if people are stressed, that stress is going to come into the workplace. So, you know, employers can do some obvious things, have a good benefits package so people can get, you know, trauma and stress care that they need. They can go to medical professionals who can help them. Um, But there are also some things that should be done on the job to help make sure that they're you know, work is not causing additional harm and that the systems in place are not causing additional harm. If you um, are constantly threatening employees with layoffs, you know, that's going to be traumatizing for folks and that's going to have an impact on how people work. Um, To be able to generate ideas and work collaboratively and be productive and be creative, you know, we have to be in that best part of our brains, that newest part of our brains, the prefrontal cortex, which allows us to do that kind of sophisticated thinking and creating that is what drives industry. You know, it drives innovation, it drives teamwork. Um, And without that, it is very difficult for companies to continue to grow. So, you know, it certainly is important that HR folk and business leaders learn about ways to help their employees resource themselves so that they aren't becoming more stressed when they're at work and that some of the trauma that they do have, whether it was accumulated at work or outside work, they can manage. Um, And I think one of the most powerful ideas is Dr. Dan Siegel's idea of this window of tolerance. Um, So just to kind of take a step back and look at, you know, where this all comes from, we look at some rudimentary brain science. And that part of the brain that we tend to really want employees to bring to work is that 
you know, neocortex, prefrontal cortex, that kind of thinking and creative part of the brain, because that's what leads to, you know, good decisions and being able to work well as a team and being innovative and creative and productive. Um, when we are stressed or face trauma, that part of the brain takes a backseat to the more, I guess, security-minded part of the brain, the more ancient brain that's the limbic system and the spinal cord. That's the part of the brain that's really involved with just keeping us safe. And the response that that part of the brain tends to have is that it puts our nervous system at a state of hyperarousal. You know, this is what's known as fight or flight or hypoarousal, and that's a state of freeze and a state of fawn. Um, so you've probably are, you know, heard of this kind of fight situation. The way that manifests at work is that, you know, when people are feeling unsafe in their jobs, they tend to have more conflict with other employees, with their managers, with customers. Um, because again, that central nervous system is really activated and is trying to keep them safe. And so if someone, you know, disagrees with them and they think that might threaten a promotion or a bonus, they're going to get really activated and they're not going to get along as well with people. Um, and that's just a neurological response. So when people are in fight mode, um, it's not a great place to work. Uh, flight is equally damaging for companies that, you know, we're seeing a lot of flight post COVID. This is people quitting when they don't have another job secured. It's people, you know, not showing up for work after they have, you know, interviewed. Um, it's all of the quitting and, um, you know, a lot of the talent gap is, is really attributed to that flight response. On the other end of the scale is hypoarousal. The central nervous system is in a state of hypoarousal. And we see that in terms of freezing. That's where people just cannot do work in spite of having skills to do so. So sometimes this will manifest as um, lower performance. It often manifests as people get sick. Um, they just are not able to do the work because, you know, their brains will simply not allow them to do the work. It's, it's not a willpower thing. It's not a, you know, people are being malicious or lazy. It's simply that their brains are not resourced in a way that is going to let them do the kind of work that they are truly capable of doing if they were given some other tools or a workplace that felt safer. A, a newer, um, way that the central nervous system is not a new way, but I think we've started labeling it differently is fawn. I think we used to talk about fight, flight, or freeze. We've now added a fourth F and that is fawn. And that's where you see intense people pleasing. Now it might sound on the surface of it fabulous to have a bunch of employees who are people pleasers. I mean, how easy would it be to get along with them? But the reality is um, fawning people lead to a lot of really terrible decisions. And it also tends to lead to an environment where the bullies win. You know, and bullies are not always your best thinkers in an organization. Fawning basically means that people don't feel safe. And so, you know, basically they need to find who is in a position of power that can make me feel safe and how can I get them to protect me? So this is where you see folks becoming yes people and supporting ideas that are really, really terrible. You know, often we'll read in the media about some terrible decision that's le led to a company's decline. And we think, well, how on earth 
Like, why didn't anyone say anything? <laughs> like, why didn't someone say that is a truly terrible idea? And it's often because it was a culture of bullying and lack of safety where, you know, people didn't feel safe to say that's a bad idea or that's illegal or that's unethical and we shouldn't be doing that. So that fawning response can actually be one of the more toxic things in a workplace because it's kind of hidden. It kind of masquerades as cooperative people, but it actually leads to some pretty terrible decisions. So you know, you really don't want employees in hyperarousal or hypoarousal. Um, where you want them is in this window of tolerance. And, you know, when Dr. Dan Siegel came up with this concept, it's really keeping people in a nicely balanced state between fight and flight and freeze and fawn. It's the place where one can do idea generation and collaboration and be productive and be creative. Um, and that comes from feeling safe. That comes from addressing the trauma. And we're not asking HR folk to become, you know, trauma specialists. Um, this, you know, that is the realm of psychology, psychiatry, and that's why it's important to have good benefits programs and EAP, you know, systems in place. This is really about harm reduction in the workplace, to make sure that the systems that you're designing, the behaviors you're rewarding, are not further traumatizing employees. And in fact, you know, when people come to work, they can be resourced in a way that means that their trauma is not activated. So even as they're working through personal trauma, you know, they'll know that A, work is not going to add more harm, and B, that it's going to feel like a safe and social place where their efforts are rewarded, and that actually starts helping them feel better. So, you know, the the job of HR, I think an important job of HR, or, you know, if you're a business leader in a smaller organization, is really to widen that window of tolerance. And so some of the practices that can be really helpful, um, I think job security is one of the top things. The reality is, you know, work is work. Work is also how we pay for our homes and how we pay for our kids' school and how we pay for healthcare. You know, in the U.S. in particular, where, you know, healthcare is so linked with employee benefits, if you feel like you're going to lose your job, it can actually feel like a matter of life and death, you know, particularly if you have a lot of healthcare needs. So when you take away someone's job security, they feel unsafe and they feel unsafe at a visceral level, which really makes it hard for them to be in that neocortex that does all that critical thinking and creative thinking and collaborative thinking. And they're really in that more primary brain, which is concerned with survival. And that, you know, may look like uh, disputes with employees. It may look like they just quit. It may look like they really can't get things done or that they are, you know, going along with bad decisions because it feels safer than challenging them. Um, and it's really not a great place to be. And so whenever I see, you know, another mass layoff being reported in the news, um, even for the people who survive that, you know, they're thinking, well, now we know how our employer handles financial setback or the threat of financial setback or the threat of a bad quarter. They let people go. There's no sense of loyalty. And so, you know, the, the best employees are probably going to take that opportunity to 
get on LinkedIn and start networking and make sure their resume is up to date and they start looking for new opportunities. So, you know, any kind of layoff like that is going to make people feel fundamentally unsafe and is going to put them into a part of their brain that is not going to bring their best work to the table. So I think job security is one of the number one things that organizations need to work on if they want employees to do the kind of thinking that leads to like new products and innovation and great customer care. Um, Sort of related is talent planning. You know, if people aren't moving forward, they're worried that they aren't secure. And it's a fundamental need of people to feel valued, you know, to feel like their work is recognized and that they're being promoted and moving up and can make more money that's going to support their families. So having talent plans in place for each employee is really important. And so, you know, there's all sorts of software out there to help do this. Managers should be trained on how to work with employees to, you know, develop and articulate their their talent plans. Because people need to know that they have a career, you know, that the things that they do are noticed and recognized and rewarded. And that helps them feel safe. And it also helps them feel socially connected. You know, at the end of the day, being accepted by our peers helped us survive. You know, that's a part of our ancient brains that is still in existence. We want to feel supported and accepted and acknowledged by the group. And a talent plan can help do that. Um, Wellness breaks are important. There's a big physiological component to feeling safe. And so, you know, making sure that people are well slept and taking a break, you know, more and more we're hearing about these trends of kind of a third shift or, you know, three peak days where people are hopping on email, you know, after they've tucked in kids or, you know, done whatever they're going to do in the earlier part of the evening and they're getting back on. On average, it's about 10 p.m. that we see this third peak and that's typically carving into sleep. And so if you're wanting employees to return to the office, you know, and they need to get up early and deal with a commute, if they're hopping on email at 10 p.m., you know, that's that's going to have a negative impact on their health. So I think building in some breaks and work boundaries is really important if you want employees to be in that window of tolerance where they bring their best selves to work. Um, manager training is extremely important. Uh, good managers make work great. Bad managers make work intolerable. So management training is so key. And, um, you know, I think so many business decisions are very short-sighted these days. This kind of living for three months at a time and this sort of worshiping the quarter is so damaging because so many of the things that need to be put in place for a good workforce have a long-term time horizon. Um, And things like training are important. So, you know, organizations need to decide who they want to be. If you want to be innovative companies that serve your customers well, you need to have well-resourced employees. And those employees need to have managers who know what they're doing and support their efforts. Rewards plans are really key. Um, So many companies reward bad behaviors. You know, their compensation systems are set up that bad behaviors are rewarded. Toxic behaviors are rewarded. Um, Unethical behaviors are rewarded. And so a reward plan really does help direct people's behavior. And so if you want, you know, like if you can find a way to pay managers 
to help resource their employees and widen that window of tolerance, there will be so many long-term benefits in terms of you know, the ideas that employees bring to your business, that level of innovation, you know, if you're trying to be disruptive and jump S-curves and do all these kind of fancy strategic things, you need well-resourced employees and reward plans can really help make that happen. And I think the final thing you need is team building. Um, We've lost a lot in terms of people working from home. And I, you know, I 100% understand why people want to work from home. You know, we have these awful commutes, Um, There are toxic people at the workplace, people as it is are not spending enough time with their families. And so wanting to work from home makes sense. But what we have lost is a lot of team building and that sense that the workplace is a safe and social place to be. So I think that um, as we stay with, you know, remote work and hybrid work, there's a real challenge to help build teams that can help widen that window of tolerance. You know, as people feel that, they are connected to other safe people who acknowledge the good things that they're doing, you know, people enjoy work more and more and that window tends to widen. So team building is really, really important, especially in a post-COVID world. So that's really that window of tolerance in a nutshell. And, um, you know, some of the things you can do as a manager is, you know, start to understand worker stress response, right? Like learn about trauma, learn about some ways to expand that window of tolerance. Um, Empathy is really key. Deep listening, bearing witness when people do come to you with personal issues, you know, having a safe space where they can let that information be heard. So whether that's HR or managers, um, people need people to hold space for them. Communication, share information, be open and transparent, show respect. If, if things seem like they're hidden, people assume they are much worse than they are. You know, if people are suspecting there might be layoffs and there's no communication, they're assuming that the layoffs are coming and that they're coming for them. And that is going to put them right into fight and flight and freeze and fawn. So it's very important to have a very clear communication strategy, particularly if you're planning negative things like layoffs. You know, the more transparent you can be, the better. People need worker supports, right? Time off, um, team building, wellness programs, EAP support, career pathing is important. Show employees a path forward, you know, especially if there have been some layoffs. You need to let them know you're here and they may be doing more work and this is how you're going to recognize and reward them for that. People need to know they're being upskilled and reskilled and aren't about to be replaced by AI or automation. Um, and outplacement, you know, for folks who are let go, um, really show that your company cares because the reality is business is just people creating products and services for other people. And you can't treat one group of people badly, i.e. your employees, and then expect that your customers are going to think you treat people well. You know, you kind of treat people the way you're going to treat people. And people who treat certain people one way and other people another way aren't really well liked, right? That's the guy who kind of, you know, cozies up to the boss and then is really rude to the to the waiter or waitress or wait staff at lunch. You know, that is just not cool. And it's the same if you treat your employees really terribly and then you 
have some kind of mission statement talking about how well you treat people, it's just not going to work. So, you know, some kind of consistency in terms of how you're treating people. And I think finally, there's a systems audit, you know, where can you reduce harm? So many systems in terms of like recruiting or training or career pathing, there are some legacy systems in place that often are you know, racist or sexist or ableist and very toxic and people who've been traumatized pick up on that. So, you know, if you do things like tell your recruiter to hire for fit, well, that means they're going to hire people like the current management team, you know, and that can actually be a bit of a cover for discriminatory practices. So if you don't want to be causing harm, you have to look at systems with open eyes. You have to put on lenses, not just your own, you know, look at things from different perspectives and see if they may be causing harm. People feel best when there's a sense of reciprocity. You know, if they do something nice for someone, something nice will be done for them in return. People like fairness. You know, they just want to feel like things are fair, that rules are clear and people are treated equally. And people like to have a sense of control. So the more you can build those things into your systems, the less traumatizing they will be. So I think regular systems audits are really, really important to make sure that you aren't doing further harm. So that's the window of tolerance tool in a nutshell. I think it's one of the most valuable tools that employers can use because, you know, that way kind of whatever employees you have, like I think so often we think we need to screen for employees who don't have any issues, right? No issues. And I'm, you can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, Everyone has issues. 70% of employees have experienced trauma, like big T trauma, known trauma, not these little traumas that come through the workplace. And so if you hire people, you're hiring people with trauma, And if your workplace adds stress and trauma on top of that, that's something you need to deal with. And I think that sense of widening that window of tolerance, putting systems and management practices and people practices in place that help employees resource themselves and are supported by systems helps get them into that place where they can think clearly and be creative and do their best work. So if you want to see some, you know, graphics around this, you can go to um, processdesignconsultants.com. I have the window of tolerance graphics up as well as some suggestions for how you can use it in the workplace. I hope you have an excellent week and are able to do some fun and interesting and creative things at work. And we will see you next Monday for another episode of the Workplace Edit. (music)